Hey, this is Greg Sestero from that great movie you love called The Room and The Disaster Artist, and you're listening to Below the Belt Show. What a story. Hi, Mark. <laughs> the Below the Belt Show is closed caption for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. That's right, guys. It's time for another episode of BTB Below the Belt in the House. I'm your host, Al Soto. Come to you from Raleigh, North Carolina. A uh, little change for me. I'm actually on set tomorrow. Uh, so we are recording on a special night, and we have an incredible show from top to bottom, guys. And we're starting with our special interview this evening, guys. Um, and um, we would like to welcome to the panel. Starting with a familiar voice we all know and love. Guys, he's officially known as Vinny Mac, actor extraordinaire. You might have seen him in Billions. You might have seen him in Endgame. And you might see him in this amazing web series called Turf Valley, which we're going to talk about here tonight. We have Vince Eisenson joining us. Vince. Good to be back as always. How's it going? <laughs> yeah, good to have you, Vinny. Yeah. All righty. You're a busy man. I'm sure. Tr- Aren't trying all, to uh, emulate your schedule by being in New York a couple days and then, of course, uh, going from New York to Raleigh, North Carolina for a gig. So I'm trying to you're this my inspiration, like I, man. It's identity theft because that's my hometown now. <laughs> I know this should be this should be your gig, not mine. Right. That's right. <laughs> but I hope you have fun. Uh, so Vince, we're here for a very special interview. Yeah, I did. And we're going to get into that a little later, but we're going to focus on this amazing web series. And we have some incredible guests that are on the panel. And um, you know what? I think uh, let's go just go ahead and introduce the rest of the room um, here. Uh, let's start with Thomas Ventimiglia. Introduce yourself. Ciao. Um, hi, I'm Tom. Tom Ventimiglia, um, writer and producer of Turf Valley. Awesome. And we've also got another showrunner in the house. Please introduce yourself, Adam. Al, nice, nice to be with you. Uh, Adam Rogers uh, <laughs> co-wrote and directed uh, season one of Turf Valley. There's, there's the poster right there. I love it. And Vince, you have two of your co-stars, your fellow stay-at-home dads. Yeah, I can never Let's remember go ahead and their, introduce real, their that, real names. Right. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> you got Jason Ward Williams, plays Howard. 
Hello, Jason. Welcome. Hello. TV. Wait, Howard. Um, you know, I, is this a visual podcast or just sound? Because I have my suits in the background just in case. The suits are cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're we're doing audio. <laughs> oh, okay, great. And last but not least, we have another cast member, Philip Chorba, plays Jason. Hey, what's up, Al? How you doing, bud? Philip, good to have you on Beat. Good, yeah. man. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, let's 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 talk about this amazing, amazing web series. Um, uh, the world can finally see this great series. So you guys must be really, really excited. First of all, if I could ask Adam and Tom the process of getting uh, a series on on YouTube, and what's the process, and is there a lot of yeah, it seems like it might be an arduous task, you know, um, but if you could, you know, I'm sure a lot of maybe fellow filmmakers, maybe fellow web series creators want to know how to to get their series on, on YouTube. Well, first you make a web series and then uh, uh, check, like spend a lot of time and money, but hire a really, <laughs> really good cast, uh, which we had great fortune to find. Mm-hmm. I just, before I answer that, I just want to, again say how lucky we are to get the three actors in this room i mean we 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 had a pretty big yeah. uh search to find to find these roles and uh uh and and they just they are the show at the end of the day so i want to thank them again but um so once we once they are we fantastic yeah and and you are among them al for your listeners you you played uh, a member of uh the prog rock dad band Lemon Gentleman. I'm not sure you're on. Lemon Gentleman. I love it. Lemon Gentleman rule, man. <laughs> They're freaking awesome. <laughs> they only have one song, but it's a hit already. We'll get to that. One yeah, we're going to actually hear the hit here on Below the Belt Show, which is pretty exciting. Um, but Thomas can speak so to it's this. as simple as that. You made the web series. You got a great cast. You shot it. And it's up on YouTube, but obviously we're missing a lot of the fine details in between. So I guess we could start from the beginning. Um, let's talk about how um, the casting process went, um, the audition process for the actors, um, because you guys went SAG-AFTRA, which I think is a, a great. I mean, obviously there's so many web series out there, but you guys decided to go union. Um, tell us about uh, the decision to go union. Um, and do you feel that it helped with getting union talent aboard? Uh, well, I can talk a little bit to that, which was yeah. that the uh, some of the issue, of course, you know, you can put a website, uh, a web series together and get it on YouTube. But, you know, uh, if you're going to cut through the noise, you know, you got to have quality. That was something that um, when I first started working right. with Adam, he was like very much insisting on at every step of the way. You know, he's like, look. We can't like mediocrity is not my thing. So I was like, okay, great. So then we, you know, and then, and I mean, I think that, and that what I learned an important lesson there is that, yeah, I mean, you go SAG and you're going to get, you know, real quality, you know, professional focused, talented, experienced people. Um, and so as Adam sort of like let us through yes. the process, I really, uh, uh, that was just one of many steps along the way where you're like, well, I could do this the, easy way where I could do this the right way. And so that's what I'll speak to that. I right. mean, Adam as director though was uh, particularly involved. 
Well, yeah, mediocrity. I, I do believe in mediocrity in terms of my own wardrobe at home, but it would check. Yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> things I create, I try to do it. Um, but no, we 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 um, we uh, we got connected to a wonderful casting director named uh, Kathy Wickline, who I think Jason knows. Yes. Um, yeah, out of Philadelphia, and she just committed to finding us great, great people, and um, so we had a series of auditions, and like with so. So Vince and Jason came onto our radar really, really quickly. And and I, am I right, guys? Were you in the same callback? I can't remember. I believe we were supposed to be, and there the, was some the character Jason or the or the real Jason. Oh no, you Jason Ward Williams. Yeah, you. I know. It's a weird. This is how I knew this was meant to be. I, I missed the callback because. Something happened with my agent where she didn't, somebody didn't get the information. I don't know what happened. And I knew I was supposed to have one. And I, I, I was like, I guess they changed their mind because uh, she's let me find out. And then um, apparently we, we, I don't know if you, you obviously don't remember. We had to have a separate, like one on my own, like a different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That's right. Mm-hmm. But, but no, you guys were just, you, you guys just caught our attention immediately. And, and and Philip was not in like we didn't even know Philip existed like he was not in the, any of the early auditions, um, and ah. I'll let Phil tell his part of the story. But we we wound up casting somebody else. We just hadn't met Phil. We met cast another guy, and, and we thought he was we thought he was really good. But then it turned out like he he owed a lot of dough to SAG, so like he just couldn't get that stuff worked out and. So we we called Kathy like we need I mean how are we we need someone really great and and then Phil I think you we then we heard that oh wait this guy is available that wasn't available the first time around did, did I have that right Phil Yeah that I think that tracks I uh, I don't think that my agent even brought it up initially because it just like like mm-hmm. because it like, wasn't gonna work like with my schedule or like something. And then I got this frantic email followed up by a voicemail <laughs> saying, like, here's a show. They're really interested in seeing you. Here's a script. Can you put yourself on tape, like, tonight or tomorrow or, like, something like that? Like, I remember it was a very uh, quick kind of turnaround, which is fine, you know? And, uh, yeah, and then I sent it in. And then I think, like, I remember, like, you guys have seen my photos or seen some of my reels and we're pretty sure that I was the guy yeah. you just had me on tape you know before like you know for sure which yeah we got that we saw your work in the silver lines playbook and on uh uh Liev, Liev, uh, Liev's show we were like yeah this let's let's please see if he's available and uh Man, so was, there you go actor working out make sure you have a yeah. good reel people there's the takeaway yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And one thing, guys, I, I remember seeing the website where you're initially starting the casting process. You had caricatures. You had drawings of what you, I guess, uh, visualized how your actors would look. And you guys kind of nailed it. <laughs> yeah, you know, the you caricatures know, and the actors cast. You know? Actually, you know, it, it was funny because we just had a whole website redesign and the uh, graphic designer is Emma Yala. Um, she's a former student of mine. Um, many years ago and uh i always knew i wanted to work with her i always knew it was like ah oh, i'm gonna work in fact actually right before actually yeah. right before this project we were we were working on an animation 
um, together. I had written something for her and she was going to be an animator. We, the funding fell through, uh, but then she started doing this work. And I would say, honestly, besides like the idea and some of the early like sort of story ideas that we were sort of knocking around, um, the art really was like the first little piece that in that like chain of quality, you know, like that the art was like, oh, this art is really good. This is great. Like we were like, so like, right. we had so much energy from that. Um, in fact, so she went, redesigned the website and I was like, come on, put the drawings back up. She's like, it's over now. <laughs> There's real people now. This is a real show. <laughs> I will say from the, from the <laughs> acting side of this, um, I remember seeing your lookbook so early. It was like even included in the first posting. And I was like, wow, these guys yeah. know what they're doing. Like, cause you know, web series, it could be good. It could be bad, but you guys yeah. had clearly put so much into it all, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And that says absolutely. a lot. Absolutely. One of the most professional sets uh, I've ever been um, on in the pleasure, uh, especially on the independent level. Um, wow. Uh, kudos. Um, well, let's talk about the plot. Um, the little audiences know this is about stay at home dads. Um, so you got the right cast to play these stay at home dads. And our um, most of the actors here, I want to know Vince and Jason. Um, uh, Philip, you're also a dad yourself. Yes, very true. I got two kids, boy and a girl. So you guys can relate to to being dads. I so can though, relate. Is this to something a, that a uh, stay at home dad also? I have I have twins. Yeah, right. And I stayed home with them for like a year to get them on track. And because ugh, yeah, daycare. You know, everyone's like, oh, I want twins, but they've never seen a double daycare. Oh. The double daycare bill. <laughs> <laughs> and I love seeing that because, you know, typically you see, you know, the, the fathers being, you know, usually the breadwinners, um, you know, in whatever jobs that they are. And you know, the mothers are, you know, the ones uh, taking care of the kids. But you guys did something, you know, a little refreshing, a little different. Go ahead. Yeah, when we were doing this, when we were first, well, I think when we first started thinking about the web series, Adam had this idea just as the three guys talking at the bus stop but we entered really we started writing like really in earnest in COVID and so then I was home you know like between my job and my wife's job my wife was like she has a corporate job so she was like nothing was slowing down she was a hundred percent at home working all day and so I was a I was like going you know I was basically the the primary caretaker and I was going to the pool you know it was summer and I was going to the pool and I was like the only dad at the pool on a Monday at 10:30 a.m., you know, <laughs> and so like, you know, and I'm like, you know, hanging out with all the moms and just hanging out, which you know was great, but you know, it did feel like, you know, you start to feel it feels very otherworldly after a while. It feels like you know you're walking around, and also I'll say that one of the things, like you said about the breadwinner piece, is that even if that's not actually true anymore, and it it's not true, I don't think, at least in my experience, but. Um, you feel like, I mean, all the media is coming at you and it's like, you know, are you getting ahead? Ambition, move ahead. And, you know, you're just like, yeah, I would if I could, but I can't. So, I won't. you know, so it's too much. It's too much. It's just, it can make you crazy. <laughs> Let's also talk about the amazing actresses that you cast as your wives, respectively. Uh, Katie Kalaki as Sheila. Um, we also have Jasmine Shea as Rose, and um, also um, 
Jessica Caesar as Val. So uh, how did you gentlemen uh, enjoy working with your TV wives, so to speak? <laughs> well, they, yeah, again, I mean, we just got really lucky with them um, finding these terrific actors. And um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Vince, Vince and Jasmine, who are a couple in Turf Valley, were also a civil war era couple in in some, am I, did I have that right? How cool. Yeah, right. yeah, we had only worked together once and we were husband and wife. So it was mm. kind of a nice little <laughs> thing there. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of that. Sort of like to be. That's, <laughs> they were already there emotionally. We didn't, I didn't have to do anything. Uh, but um, no, I think, well, the why, you know, you know it's, a, it's a show about dads, but, I, you know, so we got, we, we got to thinking that. Um, we need to connect them to, you know, their spouses because that's a big part of the, you know, the comedy and the, and the fun. So we initially they were really just a, sort of a little bit in in kind of one episode, and which we sh we shot in June, I think, or you know, a little bit in each of the first three episodes. But then we had so much fun, we were like, hey, let's 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 do more of this. So we you know we had two production periods in the summer, and we shot episodes two, three, and four. Where where those three women appear a little bit, and then in this break we had this little hiatus, we, we like sharpened our pencils and and kind of uh, wrote more pages, and 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 I'm glad we did because uh, I think they just they were really great to work with and all part of the fabric of this this sort of weird thing, this neighborhood. Um, but um, but yeah, the cast is great, and again, you know, it goes without saying, but if you, I was always thought that if you cast you cast you know really really good actors uh you're just gonna have a, a lot a lot more fun on set and your piece is just gonna be better so it's worth i think uh, worth finding jason right. jason introduced us to rue i think right jason right yeah she's a good friend of mine and um actually i knew he said he would be looking for wives eventually i was like oh i have this lady i don't know whose wife she would want to play but I, she's just really great you should check her out and then I don't was 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 Meredith even created yet? I don't even know. Oh. No, I mean we saw. Yeah, we 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 looked at Rue and she was great, and and um, and she was your wife for a while, and then and then we like no no you know once we met her we we're like oh she'd be great for this other character who's really we haven't really thought a, a ton about, but so I think yeah, that's what was kind of fun about working in TV too. And in, in a, when you're writing a movie, you sort of work on it for two years, and it's sort of this interlocking puzzle and. You know, um, but with the TV, it really it was breathing all the time. And we were as Philip and Vince and Jason were bringing us ideas. We were we were saying that's so much better than what we thought about it, trying to adapt our writing to that. And and so it, it felt really fresh, you know, when we were doing it. And uh, um, and and so um, so that's kind of how it came to be. It really was. I mean, you know, this word gets thrown around a lot, you know, collaboration, but it really felt that way to us. Um, very great. I was going to ask if uh, does, Mer does Meredith marry uh, Anthony Friedman in season two? That <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty. Uh, there's a lot of subtext in that scene, right? Oh yeah. You know, uh, it's fire. For those of you who <laughs> watched the web series, yeah, there's a, we had a we also had a number of uh, small businesses in and around Ellicott City, you know, do product placement deals with us or cameo deals. You know, that's how about maybe 15% of the show is financed. So we had this sort of 
local real estate hero, you know, in the show and, and uh, the, the lines between reality and, you know, fiction are kind of blurry, but uh, yeah, that's a great, <laughs> great little bit. Episode five, I believe. Yeah, no, I think that that's brilliant, brilliant uh, product placement. And of course, uh, a way for the series to get funding. Um, tell us about choosing Turf Valley specifically. Um, uh, and, uh, and, the resources as far as, you know, getting the, the country club, you know, to shoot and, and that sort, were there, were there any challenges getting any particular locations? I think I was just really lazy. I'm like, you know, this, this is, this, it's the corner right outside my, literally my office window looks at the bus stop corner. I'm like, all right, this'll be, this'll be cool. You know, we'll, we'll shoot it there. We can use my house. God bless my wife. She like catered catered you know the last three days of the shoot and uh right. you know again, again pokeballs oh, sorry she introduced me to pokeballs and pokeballs and, <laughs> and phil and jason you tell us i mean we had you got you guys were great because we sort of had wardrobe and like like kind of a green room down in the basement but uh um you know i, I hope it was i hope it was passable it was very comfortable down there yeah Totally. That was way more comfortable than lots of green rooms. I really? would take that. Oh yeah. Like for I mean, an HBO, like when you guys do HBO, you do these TV series. Like what do you, what's it like? I mean, I mean, what's well, a trailer? Gets a honey wag. Or you get a trailer, Jason, don't you? <laughs> Jason gets the trailer. Um, uh, Philip yeah, gets the trailer a trailer too. Between um, it's it's but that couch you have down there. Um. Beats any honey wagon. I fell asleep a couple of times. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, a yeah, honey wagon is basically a nice porta potty, you know? Yeah, that, right. Ah. Yeah, I think I yeah, fell asleep. That's the that's uh, difference. Too. And, you know, when you're on set, you know, it's usually like this. Feels like you're in a walk in closet and there's a little, <laughs> I guess you could call it a couch, but it's like a two inch, like, bicast leather seat on top of like a plywood box and it's maybe four and a half feet long so you know you can't really like relax on it and there's this garage door that like separates your half from another person's half and like you can oh, hear really? the phone it's not it's like it depends on what show you're on yeah well this was on like cbs it's just like this is what happens you know it's, <laughs> it's less about pampering the actor and more about like knowing where they're located at any given time yeah it's, it's a holding cell at best yeah <laughs> yeah stay here. yeah i've had like one or two times it's like a proper trailer it's like a three banger and there's like a i, have, I have to say that we own the city trailer was really nice just in case they're listening yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. No, no seriously, though, it was it had, a, it had a pull-out couch and everything. It was nice. Oh shit. Mm. Yeah, I had a nice trailer on uh the Nick and a nice trailer on Tommy. But other than that, it was just like there those little things I described to you earlier. So those couches, those were killing it down there. And there was like a like a full-size bed like around the corner that was like where like wardrobe was. And I didn't care. Like, I totally just like, laid down there in the middle. <laughs> After lunch with that, like, carbohydrate dump, I'd be like. Now Adam's like, that's what that smell was. Yeah. But you got to, but, but I think it worked. I think it, I think it worked to this level. Like, I mean, I don't understand why I know filmmakers who don't take 
take care of the, you know, where their actors are going to be, but they're, they're the ones on camera. Like if you're asking people to relax, right. have fun and, you know, sort of get into it, you know, you just want them to feel comfortable. That's so if you're going to, if you're going to play, you got to, you know, make, make some, make, make some comfort available. Mm -hmm. The right no kind of trailer is, is cool, but the thing that's good about having the green room like you had, we got a chance to to know each other better. We got a chance to, you know, talk and and um, you know, that helps with the chemistry indirectly or directly. It depends on how you, you know. But that worked out. I I, I agree with. I mean, that's one thing that I really was struck by over the course of the shooting of the episodes was how your mm -hmm. your relationship on camera really evolved i mean that that is really i don't think anybody who's wasn't there could notice it but you know we shot it basically in order i think with one exception uh and you could you know i mean it, the friendship you could feel the friendship by the end which was really wonderful the yeah chemistry was, was there, was order. no doubt <laughs> yeah you could shoot it in any order you want, but definitely uh, the chemistry between the... And I believe you guys are three best friend dads, you know? I mean, I was definitely sold on that, so very awesome. I did want to throw out another cast member, uh, NFL great uh, Charles Mann. How, mm. how did that come about, guys, and then casting him in the, in the project? Well, this, the truth of it was that one of the... When Tom and I first started writing, I told him this story. There was a guy up the, up the hill from me I would see at the bus stop who was like... 6'8", you know, and obviously a great athlete. He would just kind of hang out and all the moms would sort of gaze longingly at him and mere mortals like me would sort of... <laughs> Come on, Adam. I'm not 6'8". Come on. <laughs> so we decided uh, that, might be an that might be an interesting character. So we're like, well, I can't ask my neighbor because he's like 6'8", but not an actor. So... We, at some point, we thought, oh, maybe, a, maybe you know, professional athlete. So we told Kathy, you know, look, when we're casting, you know, put the word out if if there are any professional athletes who also do some acting, you know, we'd love to see them. And we saw, so we saw how many Tom? Like, um, I think four or five. Four or five, yeah. Yeah, I feel well, like Justin. Think, so I think at one point we even pivoted and thought maybe we could get Justin Tucker because he was doing something at my school, and I'm like, maybe I'll turn him into a kicker. Or something that was like, Justin, yeah, he's gonna be a hell of a singer. He sings all those uh Royal Farm commercials. <laughs> if he had yeah, so so he would have been great. So, you always, you always had in mind to cast um an athlete, I think. Yeah, know, we, well, we saw Thomas Charles, even marketing Charles's tape, and it was just you know, it was just like gold. I mean, he just was you know, well, you know, this beloved athlete, in local athlete from the, the Washington Commanders and uh, um, yes. and nailed in the audition tape was great. He literally just went sort of went out to his mailbox and like drank some water and like got his mail. And Tom and I were like, you know, you got a finger. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So we cast so, so Tom. Yeah, go ahead. Tom. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then you know, we cast Charles, but, you know, Charles is like a tremendously charming human being. I mean, somebody who has crafted their brand for many years, you know, he's just a solid, solid guy, very thoughtful, um, very smart. And so, yeah, so actually we brought him on. Uh, he became an executive producer for the once we committed to the season. 
Um, and he's just been a tremendous resource, uh, just behind the scenes and on camera. So it was really, it's just a pleasure to work with him and also understand what it is to be a professional football player. I mean, it's just, you know, it's such a sacrifice. It's such, such an achievement. Was it surreal to throw a football to Charles, man? That would be, uh, that would be directed towards Philip, I guess, right? <laughs> To catch uh, one for Philip, yeah. It, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. threw one my way, and I think <laughs> in the original like pilot, I guess since episode one, the Duke there was like a wet leaf, <laughs> <laughs> and that was right where I like yeah and like cut, and I took like such a digger, and, I, <laughs> and then I think. Uh, after like the final shot of uh, the final episode, it was time for me to be like redeemed and catch a pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we kept on just not syncing up, and I got so gassed because <laughs> he got gassed. Like, maybe like twenty or like twenty-five routes. It was nine thousand degrees. Renaissance fair outfit or like whatever that was weird. That's because, that's because Philip, you were wearing like six pounds of tankard around your waist. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the world's most unappealing uh, belly dancer, basically running around. I, I, I'm going to totally disagree with you, Phil. Dude, you ran so hard for episode one. You ran so hard on episode seven. I mean, there's no question. Like you were booking it. Like you 100% committed. I was trying to do it. It's just after a while, we were just like, all right, like how do we kind of cobble this together piece by piece? And it was fine. Did you guys get the the final bobble catch take with? Uh, did you film that with just Phil when the, everybody else had wrapped or something? I don't even remember that. Yeah, everyone else had like just kind of gone home because I remember we were like, we were kind of getting down to the wire, and you know, and and at the time I didn't have a car. I was still living in uh, New York City, so I was relying on pub on like Amtrak basically. And I think I like talked to Tom or like Adam on the side. I was just like, yo, like. Just push me on like a later train. Like don't don't worry about it. Like let's just let's just finish this today. That's right. Like, exactly. Let's that. not have to come back tomorrow or next week yeah. for one shot. Let's just do this. You know, fifty takes, Fincher style, something like that. Yeah. I felt like we drove home after that because I, I drove you to the train or something, and we were just like, both of us are like, like one bottle of water after another. Just oh like, yeah, we were both like, dead. Yeah, it was a bottomless pit. I almost missed the exit. I pulled across seven lanes of traffic. Oh, shit, that's right. I forgot about that. (laughs) Well, that is is the embodiment of the thematically, as Phil sort of was getting at, like, like, you you know, not everybody everybody has hands big enough to catch the Duke. Not everybody can be Charles Mann athletically, but but you can catch the NFL junior. And, uh, and that's okay. Yeah. You can be the hero of your village. Be the hero of your valley. Exactly. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, no, Vince, I just remember. Those that are tough we Well, it, it wasn't tough. Vince made it look great. But uh, when that delivery man, the delivery kid at the end comes into the into the Beltane tent with the, the football. The, I love the, that scene. I don't I know. Love it, that it's, so, it's scored so perfectly. I don't know that we were playing it this way, but it's totally like, 
you know, they just had a baby or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't remember if we were quite playing it, but it just it Keep reads it that way. I love it. Yeah, we want a, a good, <laughs> good energy there. And uh, saying that the Jason, the other the other thing we haven't really talked about a lot was uh, Jason Williams sort of carries the uh, sort of the mystery element of Turf Valley, which you know is it's a lot. There's a lot of comedy, but there's also sort of the strange. I don't know, like uh, some people have called it like David Lynchian or, or um, you know, kind of like the Truman Show. But something, something's odd about Turf Valley. And, Jay, and I, the, God bless Jason, because we, he would ask me what exactly is going on in Turf Valley. And our answer was always, I'm not really sure, but you're doing a great job. I think job that's a season whatever. two answer, right? <laughs> season two answer? <laughs> Jason, what was I mean, yes. Yeah, your your character Howard Jason's very very unique uh, and wears a suit all the time, uh, you know, pushing the baby stroller um, and uh, yeah, uh, has very interesting uh, qualities, should we say? I I can't remember if it was kept, but it actually made me laugh when I saw the retake uh, when he he said, "Here comes Men's Warehouse." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the interesting thing about me is when it comes to like I'm I'm very like I have two sides. I like to dress down a lot and I like to dress up a lot. I do the middle stuff because mm-hmm. I have to. And so the the suit thing except for the fact that certain days it got very hot. But other than that, that was fine. What's different for me is this type of eccentric i never played a, a person like this i'm usually like like the like doing comedy or like straight drama never this like in between what is with this guy but it was it was fun to play something different for the first time in 23 years mm. yeah he's definitely um it. definitely unique i can't wait to see what they do with this guy because like he said, he he's not sure yet, but that's how a lot of shows are. You know, like I was told that Homeland was really written only for one season and um, other shows like you you think you have one thing, you go on one way and then you go, you know what? Nah, I think it's going to be better to go this way. And so I, I suspect that's what happened <laughs> and I suspect it, that it will continue to happen that way. Yeah, I, we, we get a lot of questions about that. But the truth is, is that, you know, I at least in the writing of season one, I always used to say to Adam that the show kind of writes itself. And I don't say in that in the sense that nobody's working hard, but like things emerge out of the show and you respond to them because you're flexible and you're not like locked into some idea. And then you can just let the, whatever, the creative gods sort of unveil the show to you. And so I don't really ever stress out about the nature of the mystery because you know, the, the show, it will, it will reveal itself to us. It will be made known to us and it will be the, the truth. Uh, I don't know why that is, but just the mystery of how these things go. Who is Mr. Ship? That's the question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to drop that big bomb there. Yeah, he's, but... a pow- he's a powerful man. <laughs> he's a powerful <laughs> man in Sir Valley. Yeah. You don't need to know. You guys a car with alloy. We will meet you soon, too. I'm sure. I want to ask too many questions. Let's talk about your character, though. He's Meredith's ex-husband. Oh, wow. He's my daddy. Wow. <laughs> David, David Chip was actually, he's, um, he's uh, 
I think his, his he's made his career. Uh, he's he's done some film producing, but he also um, um, mm. works in the defense industry and and uh, you know on serious stuff like fighter aircraft and you know weapon systems. So he was just an interesting, really interesting guy to to talk to and to be part of the mix. And uh, and I think we'll we'll continue to be part mm. of it. But uh, um, and Al, we should, we should mention Al. Al played. Uh, Al played in a, in a, in the band. He was the bassist yeah, and and sang kind of a yeah fun yeah. One. It was hard to hard to beat Al. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, but that's all about Tyler, the character of Tyler, played by my buddy Vinnie Mac, Vince Eisenson. Um, Vince, you didn't know how to play guitar, but you uh, uh, you faked it until you faked it, right? <laughs> that's that's right. The magic of editing. Let's let's take a moment to thank the editors for the <laughs> wonderful work. Yes, you did. I would say they're, they're of all really the fake guitar playing I've ever seen, you've done a very fine job. Thank you. Tom helped me prep, and and Adam helped me prep, and Evan helped me prep, Evan's and I still one. did barely a passable job. But it works with the editing. So there you go. Yeah, no, absolutely. See that final episode, the big lemon gentleman, you know, headlining act of, of the Turf Valley uh, Festival, uh, definitely uh, was was awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it was it was great. Uh, the music's great, and uh, we're going to hear an expert that, in tents. That, that song very very shortly. Intense. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah put it on. An expert the in the sizing and purchasing and rental of tents so of the right. many skills I learned on the set. Right. Well, we can see seven episodes currently on YouTube uh, on the official Turf Valley YouTube page. If you guys could throw it out. Uh, yeah, it's uh, YouTube. YouTube.com slash C Turf Valley show. You can also watch it um, in the beautifully designed new website from Emma Ayala, uh, www.turfvalleyshow.com. Yes. And last so, but not least, if you want to just, we, there's a, if you Google Turf Valley YouTube, I'm pleased to say, I think we come up first now, Tom. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Awesome. Uh, Turf, Google Turf Valley YouTube and you'll, you'll see all seven episodes and, uh, We've gotten great support in the in these first four or five days of release and um, building. We're gonna our get the whole town as being in SAG. We want to have the first <laughs> SAG town. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I love a, that. A unionized Just suburb. I gotta ask one more question. Does does everyone in Turf Valley? Do your neighbors like? Do they know about this? Do they all of them Adam. know? They hate Adam. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they leave rats in his yard. Well. They're, they're, you know, we Mer the character Meredith was president of the HOA, but there really is an HOA, and like, uh, it's a really nice woman who's like helped out, helped out with parking, and a guy, her predecessor helped us out. Yeah, I think they got into it. I, look, at the end of the day, you, you, everybody on this call knows this that, you know, it's just it's a lot of fun. It's 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 magical when you when you make a movie or make a TV show, and I think people sort of are interested in it and. You know, so we held up traffic a little bit, and yeah, I had a porta potty on my yard, front lawn, and, and on and on. You know, and we had to tell people to shut up their leaf blower. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I thank God you have good neighbors. My neighbors God, it's not the worst. Yeah, just like asshole neighbors. Right. <laughs> um, we were like, we need Phil to like get a leaf blower and blow 
cicada carcasses on you know <laughs> the, you guys are from the middle of cicada time right yeah totally actually you know what's so crazy i watched this uh, student film the other day and they were like um we added cicada noises and so it was a great idea. You added cicada noises. You add, it adds so, add so much atmosphere. I was like, God, we were paying top dollar to get rid of cicada noises. These people are adding it in. <laughs> yeah, hats off to Wayne. Hats off to Wayne Dell, who's done that. Wayne Dell. Uh, Wayne Dell did sound for every John Waters movie. Every every movie that comes yes. to Wayne is the guy, and uh, somehow made it work. Yeah. Um, yes. And Christopher Jones. I got to give my buddy Chris Jones a shout too, because Chris he, Jones. He was the boomer. Chris Jones. Steadfast Chris Jones. Yes. I want to ask Phil something. Phil, you're you're in. Um, you you had a little move since we last uh, hung out with you, right? Yeah, I'm still in New York State. I'm up in the Finger Lakes, so New I'm in uh, Seneca County. So I'm in Seneca County, uh, like between Geneva and Ithaca. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I'm in a town called Ovid, O-V-I-D, that touches both. Uh, Seneca Lake and Lake Cayuga. All, all, all those towns in upstate New York are named after big classical illusions. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm right next to a town called Romulus. So, <laughs> the Romulus. There's no reason losers don't write the history books. Am I mm-hmm. right? No, but I mean, um, yeah, mm-hmm. at the time that a lot of these towns were were uh, being incorporated you know it was at like the end of the 1700s beginning of the 1800s and if you were educated Mm -hmm. you read the classics that was it so there's a town on the other side of the lake called homer you know it's not not a simpsons reference right it's it's all (laughs) you know iliad i will say arguably phil currently lives now especially as the season approaches in one of the most beautiful places in america it's gorgeous. It's so God. gorgeous. There. Yeah, I'm like right where redneck wine country kind of like meets the Amish. <laughs> you know, you, those are the exact words I used to describe you. <laughs> Could be a future shooting location, guys. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. Well, well, I've been dropping yeah. hints about season two. To answer your question, yes. Al, we, uh, if I uh, can. Yeah, um, our, our, our goal, I think, is to. Uh, um, you know, again, build the audience this summer, and I think that'll put us in a good position to do one of two things or both of these things, yes. you know, season two and finance that and get some writing done. But uh, we're also, you know, hoping to pitch it to, you know, pitch it to production companies in L.A. and New York and uh, see if we can get anyone interested in working with us on a slightly longer, you know, like a half hour version. Um, so we're, yes, we would love to see that. Yeah, but we're sort of chasing both things, and uh, and I think we're in a good spot. I think we decided that that's amazing. You know, having a show is like having a business. You know, you build up your customer base, and your customers are your audience. You know, and you know the value of a show is proportional to the the size and the quality of your audience. And um, there's no, you know, I, I, I honestly I say that the the work that we're doing now in this distribution phase, in the marketing phase, I should say. Um, I mean, it's fun. It's fun. It's way more fun to, you know, to engage people in the show and to talk to dads and, um, to hear their response to, to what degree did, were we true to the stay at home dad 
you know, experience. I, that's been awesome. Uh, and uh, I'm going to enjoy the summer. I, I, I know it. I love it, guys. Obviously, please, audience, check out. Turf Valley on YouTube, you got to check it out. It's amazing, turfvalleyshow.com, the official website as well. And uh, before we end uh, the interview, um, any other uh, things to plug? I know, Jason, you were recently in We Own the City playing Sheldon Woods, and you alluded to the trailer being really nice. But uh, if you could, uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about your experience on set. I mean, this is uh, a show all about the city of Baltimore where – uh, BTB is all about our show is all about Baltimore. We love Baltimore, but uh, um, you know, I personally love the show. How did you love your experience on the show? Uh, I was cool. It was very quick, very fast. It wasn't. Um, that's the one thing I love about Turf Valley. That being a regular is gives you a whole different feeling than being like a recur or you know even a guest star or whatever. It was it was a fun experience. The people were nice. There's a lot of people. Like this show has a lot of people in it. It's an ensemble um, cast for six episodes. Yeah, I mean it's, it's a, like yeah. You look at the call sheet and you're like, it's like 75 people in this episode. But um, yeah, I, I had a I had a, a a great time. You know, we're auditioning now, looking for the next gig. That's the life that we live. Philip had a yes. movie that he shot also recently, I believe, didn't you? Yes, please promote Philip. What do you have coming up? Oh, um, yeah, I did, uh, shot my fourth feature film around mm. Thanksgiving, um, called, uh, uh, Brave the Dark. It's going to be on, on HBO starring Jared Harris, who was the lead in the, uh, mash hit musical comedy, uh, Chernobyl. You may have seen that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, uh, that was hysterical. I know. <laughs> that was the funniest movie I've ever seen. I know, but they really went there. And I really, I really enjoyed it. Very funny. Lots of lulls. He's like, and then he, I kind of got a call out of nowhere fans. maybe uh, three weeks ago to shoot a commercial with uh, Rob Gronkowski and all of his brothers for something. <laughs> Rock! Yes! Yeah. Yeah, they're all really great. He is, in fact, the human version of a Dave and Buster's. I just, I just really, really <laughs> like that. He was just, just a, yeah, he was, <laughs> was a lot of fun. The original actor uh, was sick with Sharona, I believe, and then Sharona. <laughs> <laughs> I call it Corona. My Corona plus my Corona plus the Sharia law and a mix in there. Um, awesome. and then yes, they needed someone like it was like a Monday night. They were like, "Where are you living? Are you still acting? Can you be in Tampa tomorrow morning?" I, I live in Seneca. I was like way upstate. I live in Rumble. Yeah, sure. Like, I live in Rumble. And okay, you know. I will take a canoe from Romulus to Tampa. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank God for that Erie Canal. Huh? <laughs> Today's a good day to die. Yeah. And Vincent, we already talked. We talked to you a lot on on VTV. We know you, you know my life story. Know we know buried. all your successes. Yeah, yeah still use the food that built America. <laughs> the End Game. You got another TV show? Are you allowed to talk about this upcoming TV show yet? They haven't announced when it's going to air, but it'll be on Showtime. Okay. It'll be cool. 
It'll be cool. Got another star. Wow, another co-star in show, uh, Showtime gig. Uh, network. That's what amazing. Can you do? What can you say? I love it. What can you say, Vince? This cast is doing amazing things. So very, very cool. Well, we like the fact. Oh, this of is great. Thank you so Thank much, Al, so for much. letting us on this. Talk you're up below the belt show. Um, Adam, Tom, Jason, Philip. Uh, for, for talking having... Turf Valley uh, fans, uh, check it out. Um, so entertaining, lots of laughs, and uh, it shows that the the stay at home dad can be the hero. So uh, I, I like it. Well done. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you so Look much, guys. For... Thanks, Al. Thanks, Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we're gonna um, take a little break. Vinny Mac will be uh, sticking around with us for a little bit, and we're gonna play. Uh, this great song from the Lemon Gentleman. Uh, it's called A Million Miles. Uh, and this is the song that uh, Vince's character Tyler sang to his love, his love interest. Um, and it, it's a great song. So I just love to play it here on the show on BTV. So uh, we will ba- be back here on BTV right after uh, The Cool Cut, A Million Miles. And uh, if Adam and Tom, could, could you throw out the name of the artist of A Million Miles? Yeah, this is uh, Evan Reeves out of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, and Mary. A great artist. And uh, he flew out and played lead guitar in the show. So he, he really, uh, you know, a man of his word and, uh, and an artist. And uh, I, think, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a toe tapper. You're going to like it. It is. It's a very, it's my, an infectious novel. I think that sometimes for no reason. And, a lot, <laughs> and you'll see yours truly. Episode seven, um, right. as uh, myself and Tyler performed the song I'll on stage. So, I, right on. Well, gentlemen, have a great night, and uh, we will uh, talk to you uh, when season two comes out. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, All right, guys, yeah. take care. See you everybody. And Vinny, Vinny's gonna hang out with us. Oh yes, in a million. In addition to a million miles, we're gonna hear the final interviews of uh, the creative coalitions right there arts purple carpet my god we saved the best for last guys we have actor extraordinaire mario van peoples guys chachi mcfly our own chachi mcfly talks to mario van peoples and uh we got a big one to close out tonight's show uh at, at the end so here we go with a million miles followed by mario van peoples there's a million miles Open your spaceship door A million miles between us My heart, my heart's at your front door Hey guys, we're here with legend Mario Van Peebles. How are you doing, Mario? I'm good. I don't know that I'm a legend yet. But, uh, You're past that. I'm having a lot of fun getting to do what I love doing for a living. Free loves in life. Love what you do. Love and enjoy the folks you do with it. And love what your work says. And so to come out here and speak on behalf of the arts and how important it is to America, not just some Hollywood folks, but those first art classes. When, the, when, when your kid comes home with that little drawing, where do you put it? You 
put it on the refrigerator. You look around your house, what do you put on the wall? You put the art on your walls. We all, if you want to create a populace that thinks out of the box, you can't cut the art programs. You got to be able to go, oh wow, if I take piano, I do better at math. That kids who, who take arts actually stay in high school longer and end up making more money. Not that that should be a goal. The money part. It helps though. It helps. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> whether you whether you wind up you know making a living in it or not is entirely different. Matter. But how important was the arts in school for you as a kid? You can start in your career. I, I started my career at 11 uh, doing a play professionally. I started at a, a school um, and then went on to do it and uh, got lucky with it. But as my granddad would say, luck is preparation meets opportunity. I was prepared. I got to take those great classes and I got the opportunity. Yeah. One of my favorite movies that you did, that you directed and starred in, New Jack City, yeah. the classic. <laughs> yeah. How was that experience? And I heard there might be a reboot of it. Is that true? Yeah, every now and then they, they, they bring it out and go, oh, we got to do another one. Some things are better left alone. I agree, I agree. But I am doing another Western. So, yeah, I did, I did a Western called Posse years ago, and uh, it's time to do another one. And, you know, some folks make the black movie, some folks make the white movie. I want to make the people movie because awesome. it took That's all awesome. Americans yeah. to build this great country, and I like to show that. I like that, I like that. Yeah, man. Now, you worked with Chris Rock early on in his career. I did. Twice. For New Jack City, twice. Yeah, New Jack City, um, and then we did uh, Panther on the... the the Black Panther Party for self-defense okay, in Oakland, yeah. yeah. So do you have an opinion on the whole Oscar flap that happened? Uh, I, you know, here's the thing. I think we all make mistakes. You can make mistakes in front of a whole lot of people uh, or not. But I have definitely made some boo-boos in my life. Um, I think Chris dealt with it in a very classy way. I think he, he's handled it like a gentleman and... Uh, and I, and I wish them well. It's kind of like seeing two guys you love, like your uncle and your brother at the barbecue. And you're like, oh, God. You know, one of those things. But, uh, but shit happens, you know, and you got to... Don't judge someone by their lowest moment. Right. You know, take into account... This is, judge them also by all of the other moments. And Will has brought such great work to us. I did uh, play Malcolm X to his role, to his oh, yeah. Muhammad Ali in, in, um, on, the, on the Ali movie with Michael Mann directing it. And he was such a gentleman. This just seems so out of pocket for him. That it's hard for me to connect it up. Yeah. Something's going on behind the scenes, yeah, I think. Man. And, and, and like I said, I've, I've, I've had my days where I've got pissed right. off. And, you know, don't slap me, please. I would say advice. No, but you wear a cool hat. I think you've got a good. The Fedora grip. Brothers here. If you, yeah. keep, if you look cool, you're gonna act cool. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Right, better. Okay. <laughs> so you and you're like behind the camera a lot nowadays. You'd rather be behind the camera or in front of the camera. Are you asking me which do I prefer? Yeah, yeah. Women. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like which hand do you like, man? Yeah. I like I like you know, the first thing you have to understand, modern day colonizer doesn't put the chains on your on your body. Right. The chains are on your mind. Okay. So the first step to freeing your mind is controlling your imagery. The imagination of what you can be. So I find that super helpful for me as a filmmaker. And, and I grew up seeing it. I saw my dad do it. I worked with Clunice when he did it. Uh, you know, so I, you know, my, you know, so I've seen some really interesting cats who can do both. And I just grew up like you grow up on a family farm, you learn everything about the Zen of farming. You grow up in the Van Peebles family, you learn everything about the Zen of filmmaking. And so it was natural to go, oh, I know about editing, or writing, or directing, and, and so you sort of sometimes. I I do it all. Sometimes I do one. Sometimes I do the other. Last question: um, Is there an artist that you would love to work with? You know, acting, and also you would love to, to direct. Oh yeah, yeah. 
yeah, there, there's there's a dream, a dream um, oh, there's collab. A, oh, there's. Yeah. I am always surprised by people that come up to me with projects that I didn't know I do. I didn't know I do New Jack City <laughs> until someone gave me the script. I said, "Right, yeah, we're trying to do this." Now the trick was to make the audience emotionally connect with the victim, so that the crime wouldn't be victimless. And that victim, of course, was played by Chris Rock. We showed New Jack City, and people in the audience stood up and said, "Just say no, motherfucker." I was like, "Oh, okay." We glamorize the hell out of drugs. Right. Yeah. So, in the context of a gangster movie, to do that, that was something I knew I wanted to do, but I didn't know I'd do that project before they sent it to me. Okay. So I'm always surprised. I didn't know I'd do uh, Roots, and I wound up saying I want to do a movie about empowerment, not about slavery. And I did, and it was Roots. Um, so there's there's all kinds of, but I know there's a there's a movie that I'd love to do about two guys. Uh, they look different. They're twin brothers, kind of like the Blues Brothers, and they both wear like cool us. hats. There we go. What do you think? Uh, let's do it. Let's do it right now. All right. All right. Thank you, Mario. All right. Good job. All right. That was a million miles, million miles between us. Yes. I've got a spaceship. <laughs> I love that song, Vince. Love it's it. Such a, love it. Such a such a cool song, and of course, so thank catchy. you, Joshua Fly, for a great interview of Mario Van Peebles. Um, this is an abbreviated BTV show. I was in uh, New York City, so I had very, very little showtime prep, basically, but wanted to talk about a few awesome things going on. Uh, first of all, I was in the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, guys, it's uh, the premier festival in New York City. Highly recommend anybody to um, check out uh, Tribeca, which is still going on till the 19th of June uh, in the Tribeca area, of course, in New York City. Um, one of the highlighted films that I got to see, Vince, was a movie called Vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's um, a black comedy about a wannabe podcaster who investigates the death of his partner. Um, and it's written uh, and directed by B.J. Novak. Um, you might know him from The Office. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, B.J. plays Ben, a swarmy, um, sympathetic, a sympathetic lead. Um, and... Uh, you know, he did a great job. I mean, this is a really well-written, um, very unique um, story uh, mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, they're investigating a death of of, of his girlfriend, uh, which the family thinks, like, BJ's character is the boyfriend. But in actuality, he feels of her just a, like a fling. <laughs> so basically, oh. but but <laughs> decides to go to uh, to Texas on request of the family. Um, because apparently um, his girlfriend talked so highly about him and uh, uh, he had to be there to uh, for the services and then he decides he wants to help investigate the murder of, you know, alleged murder, which they think initially was an overdose, but they think foul play was involved. Uh, and they 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 go on a, a pretty much an interesting series of events to find out who if there was a killer it. and who the killer was. So. Oh, wow. Yes. I'm intrigued. Uh, All right. I, I was just say, It's a very intriguing film. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, another great film that I got to check out is, you know, one of our favorites is Dakota Johnson. Cha-Cha Real Smooth. So Cha-Cha Real Smooth is about a nice coming-of-age comedy directed by um, Cooper Rafe. Um, young director, you know, uh, and uh, he plays the young character, um, that um, falls in love, you know, is smitten by Dakota's character, and Dakota's character is married. 
um, Rexy is engaged and is a mom to an autistic girl. So there's a lot of baggage going on there. But nonetheless, it doesn't stop Cooper's character from falling in love. Um, uh, so it's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a triangle, a little bit of love triangle. Um, yeah. they, they do talk about the apparent age difference because, you know, uh, Dakota's character is in her 30s, whereas Cooper's character is in his 20s, you know. Um, basically, not too far from high school, they made a joke, oh, 2018 from college, no, 2018 from high school. Like, okay. Oh, my Lord. So, um, so they kind of allude to uh, that kind of, like, forbidden love uh, of, of uh, you know, the younger boy and the old, older woman. And it's crazy to think of uh, Dakota's the, I know. the older yeah. woman because she's still fair. Fairly young herself, but and she has like a thirteen-year-old daughter, so that's it's definitely oh. a role that a different role that I expect to see uh, Dakota in, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Tribeca is a lot of fun. They 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 just uh, there was one event that I I wish I could have uh, gone to uh, after the Touch a Real Smooth event it was the Tribeca Festival Arts Dinner uh, at the Manhattan Restaurant Balthazar. Robert De Niro, Penelope Cruz. Um, my gosh, um, Diane Agron, uh, Tommy Dorfman, Sadie Sink from Stranger Things, to name a few, were in attendance. And uh, yeah, just lots of events, guys. If, if you're an industry um, professional and uh, support the films uh, that are, are a part of this festival, um, lots of great events. They have a really super cool virtual reality exhibit. If you love virtual reality, it's at the Tribeca Hub on Spring Street. Um, you can, um, yeah, I mean, there's literally a dozen different displays of virtual reality. You can wear the headset, you have the controllers, and just a lot of, like, uh, cool, like, short films in VR format, you know? And, uh, um, yeah, just a really, really cool, super cool, surreal experience. A friend of mine alluded to going uh, after smoking something. Um, <laughs> Herbal cigarettes, yeah, which may uh, <laughs> which may enhance the experience. So maybe, maybe that would be recommended. I don't know. Is it we'll the regular? Is it like the short film blocks all in virtual reality, or these films were designed to be virtual reality? Yes, they do have short film blocks. That that should not oh. be confused with the virtual reality. These are more like uh, experiences. Uh, they call them immersive experiences. So uh, some have stories to tell. Um, one of them was uh, a, a pretty cool museum. It was like an LGBT museum. You know, we're in Pride Month, so they had kind of like it was cool. You could actually pick up objects. Um, you could actually throw objects. You know, simulating throwing an object. Uh, all in the museum. You ever thought about like like grabbing the Mona Lisa and throwing it across the room? It's kind of like that experience. Yeah. Like who wouldn't want to do it? I mean, my God, it's like a it's it's a priceless piece of art. But you can do this in this virtual experience. You can take the artwork and pick it up and literally throw it across. Pretty wild. You can smoke the Declaration uh, <laughs> of Independence, right? You can smoke the Declaration of Independence. Oh, yes. There you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. A lot of panels. I uh, checked out the the Rising Voices panel um, featuring um, Benjamin L. Crump. He's the, um, the civil rights activist and attorney who represented Michael Brown's family and, and uh, George Floyd's family and um, believe Freddie Gray as well. So any of the uh, high-profile cases where African Americans were <clears throat> unjustly um, killed um, by 
law enforcement or, or other other aspects. Um, Benjamin Crump was the man, so his worth ethic is uh, very very um, commendable. So um, um, so yeah, yeah. And then did you know that Netflix is actually um, moving into gaming? Uh, I went to a really cool panel where they're um, the one of the first games that Netflix is going to produce uh, via mobile platform is. Um, pattern after um, a chess game, pattern after Queen's Gambit. Oh, so, really? Uh, that's okay. one of the uh, future things that Netflix wants to, you know, move the territory they want to move in. I mean, they're very freaking ruling streaming, so now they want to take over gaming. So um, these will be um, not it's not a, a separate console that you'll need for this. It's just um, uh, mobile mobile gaming that you can access via your mobile device and and. Yeah. I'm guessing also through the Netflix streaming platform. Um, so they're starting that. that that's really cool. So um, yeah, I wonder if you can yeah, play it right there stuff, on, your, on your Roku eventually. Just use the same remote and play the game while you're already there. Right? I mean, that would make sense. Right? Yeah. That would make perfect sense, right? So I'll have to wait and see about that. All right. We got a short list here. So uh, at the box office, number two on my list is Top Gun Maverick. Um, past 400 million, making it the highest grossing movie of the year uh, in 2022. Um, 401.8 million uh, in North American ticket sales. And of course, we already mentioned it was um, Tom Cruise's uh, biggest debut box office. Vince, you're the one guy that hasn't seen it, let me guess. Yes, not yet. Yeah, I, st- I haven't still haven't seen the original. original. Right? I still haven't seen the damn original. No. <laughs> No, but not. I know we're short on time, but I was his stand-in for the late late okay. show, which was doing a uh, Mission Impossible Wait a promo. You and Tom okay. are the same height. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I'm actually a little taller, a little taller. Okay. But when he was in San Diego shooting uh, Top Gun Two, they needed a stand-in to rehearse with James Corden before they filmed the promo Whoa. for Mission Impossible. Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I was just standing, but I didn't get to meet him. So that's as close as I've come to Top Gun 2. Wow. Okay. Enough about that. Well, um, that's still very, very cool. Despite the successes of Top Gun Maverick, we have a new number one box office champion in Jurassic World Dominion. Um, $143.4 million, uh, domestically. Um, you know, bumping Top Gun Maverick from the top spot. Um, although Jurassic Park has been uh, sadly riddled by bad reviews. Yeah, I'm um, hearing bad things. Bad things. And that would that probably contributed me not to. Although I've been really really busy this week, but probably contributed to me not wanting to see it. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, as soon as it, as as it came out, usually I'm right on the <laughs> right on the ball for that. Um, but yeah, Doctor Strange, Bob's Burgers, and the bad guys are round up the top um, five. Um, <clears throat> all right, another big movie that's going to be at the top box office, that's number three on my list, is Lightyear. So Lightyear will not be seen in 11 Middle Eastern countries, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Egypt. Um, and, and it's all because of a same-sex kiss involving the female character voiced by Uzo Dubo. They did something very similarly um, with um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness with America Chavez's parents, who were both women, um, 
And because of, you know, the their country, the country's uh, strong stance against gays, you know, uh, homosexuals, um, they would rather, instead of making box office bucks, they would rather not fucking show the movie. And I think it's such a, again, it's their culture. It's very, very backwards. But um, you know what? That's, you know. And sometimes, you know, that's, you know, <laughs> well, good for the studio why. for making it anyway. Yeah, I know. And the studio had to consider that and the, when they kept it. But they, they said, it. forget it. We're just going to keep it anyway. Which They're is gonna that's it. cool. They decided not. They decided not to edit the film to adhere yeah. to the Middle Eastern countries that that wouldn't, uh, you know. Um, number four. Let's really have that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 added a new actor to the cast, Nico Santos. So representing the Filipinos, which I think is a really awesome, unspecified role. But they already have a huge, huge cast. I mean, all your original favorites, Chris Pratt, Dave Bautista, Zoe Saldana, Karen Gillum, Sean Gunn, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Sylvester Stallone, Elizabeth Debicki. And the new stars include Will Poulter, who recently did Dope Sick. He's going to play Adam Warlock. We also have Maria Bakalova, who was awesome in the Borat uh, 2 movie, who played Borat's daughter, and Daniela Melcher, who is doing two James Gunn movies. She was Ratcatcher 2 in The Suicide Squad, and now she's in Guardians of the Galaxy jumping over to Marvel. So I think it's cool that you're a part of both universes. I think that's just, I mean, that's. It's my that that would be an actress goal of mine to, to, <laughs> to have one Marvel franchise in my belt, one DC franchise in my belt. My God, I mean, I guess I could technically include um, a background work on Winter Soldier, but Vince, you already have the DC off your list. You have you're a part of the DC franchise. Yes, I'm in the DC extended universe. If you really extend it, I think it's so. That is so cool to say. Not many people can say that. You get to say that, Vince. How I cool can is that? say that. You're right. Thank you, Al. I should say that more often. You're a part, you're a part of the DCEU. Oh, man. Yeah, baby. And number five, speaking of DCEU, the Joker is back, uh, but this time bringing Lady Gaga and talks to um, and talks to star opposite Joaquin in a sequel to Joker. Um, interesting. You know, this is the... I'm just so used. I, I love Lady Gaga. I think she's great. But Harley Quinn has always been Margot Robbie for me. And, of course, I have a very place near and dear in my heart for Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's not – I mean, I guess it's a different universe. We're talking about a completely different universe. Yeah. This is um, – I mean, was it the 60s? I believe it was the 60s or 70s that they had this Joker film, Seven. which, yeah, again, 70s, right? one yeah. of the top comic book-related was it the 70s? Okay. Yeah. So I guess technically you can't really have, you know, Harley Quinn, Margot Robbie going in the 70s, and that would not work. So, again, this is why DC becomes a little more complicated, a little more confusing, because you have separate universes. While, while Marvel, they stick to one universe, even though they do have uh, the multiverse, mm-hmm. but they do explain it, and you're not confused, you know? And I think we need that. Um, I think Marvel is doing a good job with that so um number six um i can't stop talking about dakota johnson man she's got she's got a new film on netflix called persuasion uh based on the 1817 jane austen novel Hmm. so this was published after um jane austen's death and was the final completed work 
Um, it's considered one of the most mature and sophisticated novels. Revolves around Anne Elliot, who's uh, Dakota's character, who's playing an isolated 27-year-old uh, struggling to move on after she broke her engagement with Frederick Wentworth, played by Cosmo Jarvis. And after seven years, um, the two come back into each other's orbit when Anne rents their home to his sister and husband. So uh, Anne quickly finds herself caught in a love triangle between her former fiancé and her cousin. So Dakota's actually all about the love triangle. I mean, it's just like a consistent theme. We got the cha-cha real smooth. (laughs) You know, I think she found her ditch in in doing (laughs) these kind of films. And and can I say I wouldn't mind being in a love triangle? (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't mind a, a pentagon a quadrilateral have, uh, you name it you're down anything any any shape <laughs> any shape i wouldn't mind i love it all right number seven netflix series uh stranger things season uh four's first part uh was already shattered uh records um and um they actually uh, released some first look images at part two of Stranger Things, um, and um, if you're worried about Nancy, uh, played by Natalia Dyer, stuck in the Upside Down, um, she uh, is, uh, according to the images that we saw, she is going to be okay. Also, uh, Vecna had revealed himself to be Henry Creel, Jamie, uh, played by Jamie Campbell Bauer, a boy from Hawkins in the 50s who developed psychic powers. So. Interesting backstory to that, and of course, we're going to see um, more of the um, Joyce Byers, played by Winona Ryder, uh, busting into the secret Russian base um, to free the imprisoned Jim Hopper, played by David Harbour. Um, so yeah, um, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, Got to wait a little bit um, for part two of season four of Stranger Things, but definitely, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, Squid Game Season 2 official, guys. So this is awesome. Awesome news. Obviously, there's only like two cast members that we see make it out alive. I did ask the showrunner at the Netflix uh, FYC uh, for your consideration event that uh, we always have two people that are going to be in Season 2. He said, we didn't see the cop die. So that's an interesting firsthand answer from the showrunner that told me Basically alluding, this is Huang Dong Yuk, the executive producer, director, writer, essentially saying the cop, pretty much telling me the cop lived because he said we did not see a body, and that's kind of like a, a unwritten rule. If you don't see a body, you can't really assume it's dead. And uh, you know, I thought that initially for Netflix, we never saw um, the body of Ben initially. Yeah, so for really Ozark. Yeah, for Ozark. I thought there was a chance. Yeah, I, I thought he was still freaking alive. I was hoping and yeah. praying he was still alive. And then, of course, they revealed that wasn't the case. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, Netflix is doing something really cool. They're actually bringing Squid Game as a reality competition. Of course, you don't really have to kill anybody. I mean, God, that would be kind of crazy. But, you know, you, you'll have um But if you pay extra, you can and I think actually the, kill people. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll have the same number of players, 456 players, uh, oh. playing in similar games. For a chance to win, um, now I think it was a ridiculous amount in Squid Game, but for this it's 4.56 million. Oh boy! So you have 456 players for 4.56 million. I think that's pretty freaking awesome, dude. Um, uh, that's that might be the biggest cash prize I recall in in um, game show history. I think that's 
pretty awesome. And uh, I mean, it's it's money worth killing for. But <laughs> I doubt anybody's gonna really kill anybody, but uh, it's definitely definitely a cool idea. I, I really saw saw it be an actual show, so maybe they can you know create deaths or something like that, you know. There you uh, go. But you know, this yeah. is real life. You can't go out killing people, you know. Uh, <laughs> all right, HBO Max number eight. We're almost done here. HBO Max Latin America. Uh, unveiled a new take on the Dark Knight in the upcoming doing an animated feature, Batman Azteca, Choque de Imperios, which means Aztec Batman Clash of the Empires. Uh, first ever collaboration, Warner Brothers Animation, um, and Mexico's Anima. Uh, so uh, it's a Spanish language animated film which places Batman against the backdrop of Aztec Mexico. So this is something very, very different. Same, some may call it woke, but I think it's very interesting. You know, I mean, it's an animated film, so come on, people, don't get all up in arms. Oh, it's so against the, the Batman we know, blah blah blah. But you know, this is an animated film. It's a different take on Batman uh, in the Aztec world, so it's it's completely different, you know. Um, so um, why not? But speaking Let's of HBO, um, do you have the spoiler view of season three of Barry? Since you were the, uh, spoiler free the Barry, review? Uh, yeah, I, yes. uh, yeah, sure, I do. I will say um, I was on the fence about season three because it's a little different from the first two. Okay. But the finale is easily one of the best Barry episodes ever. I mean, easily. You could even say it's the best just from a, a pure uh, filmmaking standpoint. Wow. Um, but it, it's it's dark. Barry it, Barry's always funny. There's never an episode like with zero laughs, but there are much fewer laughs in this season. Um, but I will say, if you like dark, dark, pitch dark comedy, there are some moments that are just hilarious, but also like bleak, bleak comedy. Um, and Barry gets away with it. Wow. They, I mean, there's. I'll give you an example. Halfway through the season, there is a joke. It's essentially about, you know, selling firearms to people who shouldn't get them. And it's it manages to be hilarious, but it's also a, a reality check for you. So this show really goes there. I There's think. a lot of people that, yeah, it's a reality check because a lot of people are, 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 are yeah, bearing arms that shouldn't shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I was just reading over this this review, but Barry ends with the title character, a reluctant hitman who attempts uh, to avoid the consequences of his act actions uh, apprehended by a SWAT team. Oh, yeah. There, there's a spoiler. I thought I wasn't supposed and, to spoil, but you're right. That does happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think happens. I'll stop right there. I'm not going to go any further, but uh, he's happening. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, the, that's what the character is. We all know that. I mean, eventually, I mean, it's going to happen eventually. Freaking, uh, you're right. Yes. The hitman. You know, it's just like, Jason Bateman, how long can you go without it? But, yeah. He's apprehended by the SWAT team. What happens? You know, just watch. Um, but uh, there were several yeah, I think I was, without spoiling, there are many moments I was yeah. I was like, I can't believe they're about to kill off character X, but I won't say anything else about that. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is a show that has been on my list for a while, and uh yeah, I definitely, definitely need to check it out. All right, number nine, uh the Tonys, um, which also took place in New York this past Sunday. Jennifer Hudson, wow, achieved the the, the, oh my God! This distinction, the EGOT, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, for her Tony win for producing *A Strange Loop*. Only 16 people in the history have have 
you know, okay. Previously, now Hudson actually, Jennifer Hudson is the 17th person to be in this uh, exclusive club, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, the EGOT. Um, wow, I, I, I mean, imagine that. She, she, she was on the reality TV show American Idol. <laughs> she's an okay. EGOT now. She's an EGOT. It's wow. just amazing. It, it, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, she, I mean, 2006 Dreamgirls, you know, Best Supporting Actress, you know, yeah. Oscar win. Then um, two um, Grammys, one for Best Musical Theater Album for The Color Purple, another for Best R&B Album in 2009. And then she also has an Emmy uh, for um, executive producing the VR animated film Baby Yaga. So now okay. Strange Loop. All right. If two of these are yeah. for producing, I'm, it's an EGOT, but let's be honest, that's, you know. It's not an acting. It's not quite event, as cool right? as getting do do, four acting or four direct. Like producing. Do you think that holds more weight? Come on. I mean, <laughs> yes, it does. Because <laughs> you can. We know the business. Not to take anything away from it. It's a huge. Uh, you know, it's a huge credential. Yeah. But come on, you can. You, you know, you can slap your name on something and say you're an executive producer these days. You know, or you can kick into somebody's right. Kickstarter and be a producer. I'm not saying she did that. I'm just saying, <laughs> let's be honest here. <laughs> That's true. That's very, very true. Uh, so a Strange Loop was named also the best musical at the 75th Tony Awards. And the Lehman Trilogy captured the prize for best play. And um, Company won best revival of a musical. And Take Me Out and the award for best revival of a play. So um, those are, uh, in a nutshell, the, the big winners uh, for the Tony Awards. So, uh, yeah, Tony Awards honoring the, the, the best in theater. And, of course, theater had a very, very, very dark year um, with, with COVID, you know. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. You know, and uh, I know that you're re- really looking forward yourself, Vinny, back on, on getting back on that stage. Yeah, that's right. Not Broadway, but I'll be doing a little theater next season. So that will be exciting. It's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just great to see like theater back. Um, I believe September 2021 was when they, they brought it back. So, it, yeah, the past uh, from March 2020 till September of 2021, it was completely in the dark. And now we're just seeing all these great uh, plays. Yes, just uh, and it's interesting. Uh, um, one of the big actors that are uh, that has a Broadway play right now is Hugh Jackman. And he's in The Music Man on Broadway currently. He actually tested positive for COVID for the second time. It's crazy. Oh, <laughs> luckily, my gosh. he has a he has a stand he has a standby. Luckily, and that's Max Clayton, uh, who will perform uh, uh, in his place. <laughs> you gotta love those so, guys, man. Uh, that is, go. That's gotta be the hardest job in the to to walk out and know that eighty mm-hmm. percent of the audience is like pissed off. Before you yeah. even open your mouth. But you know what? <laughs> they usually wow them. It's always fun to see an understudy, and I'm sure he's amazing. Yeah. He actually day. said that he um, he wished that uh, because he had COVID, he wished that he could actually sit in the audience and watch his understudy, but he said he oh. can't because <laughs> – <laughs> which makes sense. I mean <laughs> – Yeah, it does make um, sense. Yeah. There's actually one um, – Glaring omission that you know they did an in memoriam segment at, at the at the um the Tonys mm-hmm. and Bob Saget is not included in memoriam and uh, apparently he's done Broadway you know um, oh I didn't know and uh, he's a very you know high profile name you know um he was in the Drowsy Chaperone and Hand to God 
And um, yeah, I just think it's just wow, that's a big omission. Then I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, and that's not the first time Bob Saget was omitted. I believe also the Oscars. Now you think that okay, he's really mostly a TV star. But he has um, he has, a, he has a notable name. He was omitted from the Oscars. Um, Dirty Work, you know, right? Wasn't um, he in Dirty Work? He directed Dirty Work for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, he's that. Yeah, and then also the Tonys, you know, forgetting about Bob Saget too. So I think that's an injustice right there. Criminal. All right. And last but not least on the list, number 10, uh, Amber Heard. You know, I always love the end of the show with uh, Amber and Johnny, but she actually had her first interview with Samantha Guthrie on on the Today, Today Show. And, and um, she talked about the process being very surreal and difficult. This has been a long time coming. But she says, to my dying day, I will stand by every word of my testimony. Okay, so she's holding her word. Um, and uh, apparently, um, Guthrie didn't go easy on her, uh, taking her to task for the credibility issues the jury obviously had uh, with her side of the story. Um, also, she said, how could they not come to that conclusion, you know, um, that, that he is a, um, a very, he's an incredible actor. See, she said, I don't blame them. I actually understand. He's a beloved character. People feel that they know him. He's a fantastic actor. <laughs> so, you know, she's, she's complimenting him, you know, for yeah. pretty much saying that because he's a fantastic actor, that's the way the jury, you know. Um, but um, I don't know. I think the jury got it right on that one, Vince. I, I think... Um, you know, 10 million to Johnny, 2 million to Amber, you know, um, with a net, you know, for 8 million, I guess, going to Johnny, if you take, you know, take away the two. But um, from Amber's um, um, earnings or, or damages, um, yeah, I mean, um, obviously it's not the 50 million or the 100 million that, <laughs> that Johnny and Amber want respectively, <laughs> but, you know, uh, you've got to put a cap on some ego and, 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 and um, but interesting enough, there have been some false reports that Amber's um, role in Mara from Aquaman 2 has been, uh, was going to be removed. Now, apparently a source says that sh- her scene has not been cut for the movie yet, not official yet. The rumor mills continues, um, and they're saying it's, it's inaccurate. Um, you know, that movie is pretty much in the can. It's already edited. So they she's would have in, what, one scene? On- is she only in one scene? Is that what well, they're saying? She, well, apparently her scene has been minimized from the first movie. She had a really sizable role in that first film, mm. in the Aquaman 1. Aquaman 2, she even said uh, during her testimony that they 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 cut her role significantly. She even had a, a, like a longer battle scene that had been mm. completely removed from the movie. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, I'm just curious to see who's who's going to get that big movie next, uh, Amber or Johnny. Who do you think is going to recover quicker? You think? Some producer out there is about to hire Army Hammer and Amber Heard to do a a, a romantic comedy, and it's going to go gangbusters. I know it. It's going to go well, right? Featuring Kevin Spacey in people... a cameo. <laughs> you know, I think some people, some folks, really want to see the cancel people in a movie. They want to see what they're yeah, doing. You know? I think so. And I, I, you know, and I don't know, I, I think it might take a few years, but I think in my prediction, Johnny's going to be the first one to, to get a sizable role in a project. And then uh, a few a few years later, I think Amber will, but I, wouldn't surprise me to see Amber Heard on like a Dancing with the Stars. 
stars oh or something. Um, maybe not something. <laughs> oh no, she wouldn't do that because that would involve that would involve, uh, involve a public vote, and she's not very liked. That's she's gonna true. do a reality show that's gonna make her more likable. That's what she's gonna do. There you go. Um, there you go. I don't. Know podcast. Maybe she'll, she'll know, get a following on a podcast. Maybe a podcast. Yeah. I think personally, OnlyFans would be. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Good way forever to go. I don't know, but I, I think it would be great. So, well, the poor girl All is right, just. Well, this yeah. is a, no, I was going to say yeah, she's famous for being Johnny. Girl. She's famous for her position relative to Johnny Depp. So it's it's a mess for her, but they'll figure it out. She'll figure it out. <laughs> we love you, Amber. If you're All listening, right. So yes, you. we. <laughs> you know what, Amber's really quick. Amber is super sweet, super cool to me, and I've mentioned on the show before. You know, I talked to her, I introduced who I was as an actor. You know, I respect her work. When she did the photo, she she had her arm around me, and she she asked, oh, "What's your name?" You know, and you know, genuinely was talk, you know, talked and asked questions, and she, you know, and I respect someone like that. You know, that actually takes yeah. the time to get to know the person that might be a fan of them. You know, you uh, and you know, I can't talk bad about. Them. I really can't, even though she might have been lying <laughs> through her teeth and banging uh, James Franco <laughs> behind John's back. Who would? Although so, you know, there is on. some. Uh... <laughs> Franco's he's such a player, dude. That's right. Such such a such a player. Um, uh, a couple of things. Uh, rest in peace. Shout out to Philip Baker Hall, uh, character actor, uh, favorite of director. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, he was also on Seinfeld. Um, and sadly, he's away. Um, so um, he, he was also on um, Modern Family. Yeah. Hmm. Um, as Walt Klezak, the cantankerous neighbor who befriends young Luke on um, Modern Family. So, of course, with that, we uh, celebrate life for those. Uh, uh, another uh, trip around the sun. Uh, Marla Gibbs, actress Marla Gibbs, is 91. Wow. Uh, Culture Club's Boy George is 61. Wow. Uh, let's see. Yasmin Bleeth of Baywatch, 54. Phase on Love of The Parenthood is 54. Um, and actor J.R. Martinez from All My Children is 39. Kevin McHale from Glee is 34. Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars is 33. And that's birthdays today. Um, so happy birthday to them on June 14th. Also, really quickly, uh, just wanted to throw out um, a thank you to um, the amazing team, Barcada DMV, um, the production team behind the 48-hour film project that I worked on, the house guest Woo-hoo. that won three awards at the 48-hour film project. I wish we could promote the film for the, the world to see it, but there's still... Some things with this, this, the, the union that 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 uh, the producers have to finalize before it can be put on a public fa- platforms for, and that way I can promote for everyone to watch it. So, uh, but until then, um, uh, you know, um, keep listening to Below the Belt Show because I will definitely keep you an update on when the world can see the house guests. But we took home three awards. We took home audience award of Group B, which is amazing. Yeah, we actually tied with the actresses from the rule rule of threes. Um, you know what? And I wish most of my dates went that way because basically it's like three day three dates you have sex, three weeks you're in an official relationship. 
three months you're engaged and three years you're married. <laughs> Something like that. There you I'm go. Like, Man, I wish wow. was my dates. <laughs> I had enough in sex on the third date. My God. <laughs> you don't want to marry uh, all yeah, those We with those yeah. uh, five. But no, no, that's a good point. Forget the marriage. Just, yeah. <laughs> just sex on the third date. Mom, I hope you're not listening. Um, and of course, uh, so yeah, that's the audience award for a group B. Um, uh, the second award we won was best use of line. So best use of line, a 48 hour film project. They give you a, a line of dialogue that's required to be in the film, and we won that award. So and that's my character of Chad Terry using the line, and you can quote me on that. So basically, that was a line used. Uh, the judges loved it. We won the award. And last but not least. Honorable mention for acting ensembles. This that this particular award is uh, a very important one for me because this recognizes the ensemble as a whole. You know, in Screen Actors yeah. Guild, they do that with the SAG Awards. Yeah, they acknowledge the ensemble, which you know, the Emmys, Oscar, they don't really do ensembles. But uh, it was cool that the 48-hour film project um, honored that and and uh, noticed that. Well deserved. Who beat you guys? I can't believe so, somebody uh, beat you all. Who had the best ensemble? Yeah, you know, best film was the 48-hour um, Apathy Project, the one that incorporated animation. Oh yeah, that and one I think best. It, that was actually a part of it. That one best film, DC. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do I, I mean, sound apathetic you know, enough? For about all it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little biased for my film, but yeah, I mean, well, you know, good luck to I those filmmakers. Say not, you know, um, people will see it when they see it, but Houskis really does yeah. what the project is designed to do. What the point of the festival is, I thought Houskis honored right. that really well. You didn't cheat anything, you didn't cut any corners, and it could stand alone as a short film outside of that festival. So that kind of ticks all, the, all the boxes for me, yeah. I pre- I appreciate that, Denny Mac. Wow, that's amazing. Well, we'd like to thank, of course, uh, this incredible uh, brief for BTB, but very, very uh, awesome BTB nonetheless. Uh, of course, Vinnie Mac, Billions, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, the list goes on and on. And of Turf course, Valley. the amazing panel we had at Turf Valley. We had Philip Chorba. We had Jason Ward-Williams. We had um, Thomas Ventimiglia. Uh, and Adam Rogers uh, from uh, the, the great showrunners of this amazing, again, got to plug it, turfvalleyshow.com. You can go directly to the YouTube um, page from there, I believe. Yeah, all episodes are available, all seven episodes. An incredible job by Vinnie Mac. You'll see yours truly in a little cameo. Uh, spanking the bass guitar and the lemon gentleman. Um yeah, uh, to that song we heard during the cool cut, a million miles from you. <laughs> so, uh, so ending tonight's BTB, our final interview from the purple carpet of the Creative Coalition. Wow, we've had a lot of great content that we plan on the show. This is actor Justin Bartha, guys. A big one for us. National treasure, guys. The Hangover. The list goes on and on. This actor's accomplished so much. We got to talk to him. Our own Chachi McFly talks to Justin Bartha. Uh, this is closing out tonight's show. So on behalf of everybody on the panel that joined us earlier from Turf Valley, to Vinny Vac, to myself, I'm Al Celebrity Soto, your host with the most guys. 
We will see you next week. Until then, peace out. Hey guys, we're here with Justin Bartho. You know him from The Hangover. You know him from National Treasure. You know him from a ton of other stuff. How you doing, Justin? Those shoes are amazing. The like, like cameraman, they're looking sharp, man. Cameraman has nice shoes. He does. Wow. The whole thing looks great. And my shoes are okay, right? Well, thank you. Basic black one, yeah. You know, good enough, yeah. right? Yeah. Yo, who are you? Where, who are we talking to? Who are you guys with? Blow the Belt Show and click on this show. Awesome, awesome. So you're here trying to get support for the arts, yeah. mainly in schools, right? How important is that? for you the rights it's of really, their arts yeah it's really important it's not just for schools it's also public funding for the arts the NEA um, and uh, it's a yeah, this is maybe my third or fourth time coming with a creative coalition to DC to lobby for arts funding it's something that I um, am very passionate about I started my uh, journey as an actor uh, through a a, a a program in outside Detroit called Jumpstart the Arts which is a publicly funded uh, uh, company and um, it, uh, it led me on a path to, to where I am today. And then when I go back to Detroit to uh, work with uh, theater companies and, and uh, community theater, you see how the power of, of, of how the arts connects us and gives kids uh, a chance to, to get out of bad situations and uh, experience things that they could never possibly experience. They don't have to go in on to being an artist, but it, it, it expands their minds and, and promotes creative thinking. Helps keep them in school, helps them keep their grades up. Absolutely, like, absolutely. It's a win win. Yes. Um, it's such a great career, you know, going all the way back to, um, you know, Thank of course, you. You know, of course, the um, hangover. Uh, what was that experience like? And you think that kind of movie, like, with that raunchy kind of humor, could be made today? Uh, I mean, I think so. You know, funny is funny. I think uh, it's harder to make comedies these days, for sure. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I think it could be made today. Sure. So if they ask you to come back and do a part four, would you do it? I don't think that's happening anytime no. soon. I think people have had enough, but I think... I haven't. That's sweet, but I think that, uh, you know, uh, whoever it is inspired when it came out, uh, I'm sure those comedic voices will, will do some... Uh, even raunchier things. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. And now you're back for the National Treasure um, TV series. How was that experience? Like um, coming back after doing the movies? It was. Uh, it was pretty wild. Yeah, I, I, I went uh, down to uh, Louisiana to to do a, um, a, an episode of that show. And you know, I, I when I did that uh, those movies, I was the youngest person on set, and now I'm the <laughs> oldest person. So it's exciting and depressing at the same it's time. The circle of life, right? It's the circle of uh, inner. <laughs> Entertainment life, yeah. Now, could, is it possible we're going to see Nick Cage back um, on the series? Or that I yeah. that I don't know. Uh, that I don't know. But uh, you know, well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And was he as cool in person as he is on the movies? He's the best. He's the best. He's the best. Yeah. He's having a resurgent now with his career. You know, with his last movie. So it's going to have him. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen his, his new film, but actually, an old friend of mine uh, directed that movie, and I'm so excited for them. It looks Very fantastic. Good. Yeah. Any other projects coming up on your end? Any other projects coming up? There's a great episode of Atlanta on right now. I don't know, you should check it out uh, in the season three. It's called The Big Payback. I think uh, it's, um, I'm very proud of it. So check it out. Thank you so much. Yeah, if you don't mind, do a quick promo. Let us know you're listening to Below the Belt Show and tell them who you are. What, what is it? The Below the Belt Show? Below the Belt Show. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, I'm Justin Bartha, uh, and we're doing uh, Below the Belts. I'm not, sure, uh, I'm not sure what you're doing on, on 
this show. <laughs> <laughs> sounds uh, sounds like you got the comedy still. Thank you so much. All right. Well, it has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, "Until next time, keep chilling like a villain." Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.